Hello and welcome to the album Crawl. This is the episode devoted towards Buddy Guy and the compilation album I Was Walking Through the Woods. But first, if this is your first time joining in, what we do on the album Crawl is we delve into a new album every episode going song by song. So what does that mean? We take a look at the hits, we take a look at the misses, we take a look at the interludes, the openers, the closers, tear apart the album, put it back together again, and look at every aspect in between. So I'm here with my co-host, This my name is Paul Johnson, I should start there, and I'm with my co-host, James Johnson, who is my co-host uh, and also sometimes my brother. Jay, how's everything going tonight? Good. You know, I was just thinking about when you're doing that intro is when you say you say we come across the misses, we delve into the misses. Is that talking about the wives of some of the people that we're talking about? Uh, we, we get into backstory. That's so what you talk about. No, we do some talk about the misses. The misses. We, we talk about the, the old misses, ball and the, chain. The, the, we talk about the misses, the mistresses, the, <laughs> the maids, the chefs. <laughs> The concubines. The, the, the babysitters. What's a concubine? I, uh, wait, didn't you watch Dune? Because you know that the, the lady, right? Oscar Isaac's lady, Paul's mom, the other Paul, not you. Right. Uh, she was a concubine. What's a concubine? So she's not like married to him. She's just there to like produce heirs. Oh, whoa. So, yeah, yeah. She was not like royal or whatever. He was a duke. Oh, she was a duchess. I didn't pick up she on that. She was just lady. It was a hard kind of movie to understand what I know the words they I know. were saying a lot of the time. I barely, you, you, you know, the only reason I knew about it is because when, wait, yeah, when when I went to Korea and you weren't there, sorry, Paul, you weren't invited. When you went to Korea as a family, besides Paul, <laughs> we visited some temples and they were like, yeah, so that's where the emperor was and this is where his concubines were. And then, and then they went to what concubines were, which are basically like his... The girlfriends that sometimes produce okay i'm actually not clear on whether we, they produce we, all the time we, long story short we are getting into concubines this episode we've already gotten into concubines this episode so yes hell all, all of yeah. the above what, and, and whatever else is on the album so um, anyway so <laughs> so glad glad we got oh. that out of the way yeah, so Paul, I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about Buddy Guy. You threw another oldie at me. I feel like I can now pretty much rely on you to throw the oldies my way. Is that is that true or no? I, I, I don't want to commit to that, but let's just say that I'm fascinated by the history of sound recording and music production. And, it, and there's a lot of genres we haven't talked about. And I love looking at the current songs and how they came from these songs. But to, to take a step back into how we came on this album, which is an important note off of what you're bringing up, last last episode on Poison Idea, we were talking about, I, I mentioned how, well, like Poison Idea is this hard punk band, and it, it got into how similar hard their hard punk, ver, their version of hard punk is to rock. And then I brought up how rock is basically from the blues, and we, we, we touched on the blues so much. Oh, this derived from the blues. Oh, that's from the blues. And then I brought up how similar Led Zeppelin is to Buddy Guy. And I, I, I just recently listened to Buddy Guy. So that's that's where we are. The, I, I wanted to like give Buddy Guy the due, the due kind of due diligence for us to talk. So every time we talk about rock now, we can be like, oh, yeah, that was like Buddy Guy or that was like a different version right. of the blues. We can talk about it later today. So, yes, I'm going to pitch you the oldies, but I'm pitching the oldies, tying it in with everything, doing my best. We're, you know, I, I'm very yeah. interested in the music history development. 
we are creating, you know how like Marvel created that like MCU and like they're like doing all these interconnected stories. We're doing a similar thing here at the album crawl. We have these like web of albums that will be forever tied to each other for whatever reason. And and I think he, Paul's really trying to lay the groundwork that we can build on top of whenever we talk about any kind of current or even post 50s, 60s, 20s albums that you can draw back to. So Paul, how is it that you got to Buddy Guy? Like, who, I've never heard of Buddy Guy before. And I, I'm, I'm not not aware of his musicians, but I definitely don't know who Buddy Guy was. I didn't before this week. That's a great question. I, I did not know Buddy Guy before I moved to Chicago. Buddy Guy is a Chicago legend and has his own restaurant in Chicago, which is how I originally heard of him. Uh, so he's he's got a live music venue in Chicago. And he is like, I don't know how, he was born in 1936. So he's... 85 years old and he will come by the restaurant occasionally and play a live show wow hell yeah so buddy so that was the first thing i ever heard about buddy guy so um that that's where it started and then uh, i was like well blues i oh and then i had listened to muddy waters was the original discovery of the old chicago blues and then I was just curious what, a couple months later after listening to Muddy Waters, and I was like, oh, what are, what are Buddy guys doing? I didn't know if he came before Muddy Waters, same time, whatever. And uh, and so that's that's how it came up. And so and so bringing that to this album, this is I Was Walking Through the Woods, released in 1970. It's a compilation of songs released by Chess Records from 1960 to 1964, which for the record is a little bit after Muddy Waters and pretty much is Buddy Guy in his prime. He's like 25 years old. Not 25 to through 30 he's he's like it just he'd already been doing it for five years and he's with chess records which is basically the you know all all of the chicago blues came through chess records so um okay it, this this for its time this was the shit uh in chicago and for i i, I don't know how how much it spread uh, i don't have any i don't have any box office uh, not box office <laughs> billboard stats on this or, or how, how big it hit like the rest of the country. But uh, I know, I know buddy guy is, is a star in the blues world and he's worked a ton with like Eric Clapton and other artists, but how far that expands, it's kind of in the dark to me. Yeah. If that gives you a good, that's, if that gives you a very over overturned answer to that, <laughs> to that question. That's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I think for us on the album call, we're not super concerned with as far as like billboard recognition or anything like that. Like I said, we're trying to build this like web of music knowledge because, you know, we're both not like, we both love music. We know a lot of music, but we're, you're basically joining us on this journey as we become into audiophiles of like really finding out about his things. So, I mean, right. he's a guy. He's a guy from the blues world. He seems fairly prominent, which is definitely good enough for me. And as far as listening to his album, he seems definitely worth listening to because this seems like some really good blues seeds for rock and roll, if not early rock right. and roll. So, and, and I should add, uh, Eric Clapton called him the greatest guitarist alive. And Rolling Stone has him as the 78th top 100 uh, guitarist of all time. So Very he's, good. he's the Not guitar surprised. guy, as as you've already know the album, you've already listened to it, so you know. But if yeah. this is your first yeah, time yeah, and you yeah. don't know Buddy Guy, that's what we're going to be getting into. It's, some, it's a little bit sweaty blues, it's a little bit pop blues, and uh-huh. there's a little bit like sick guitar solos that are pretty much straight up improv. So yeah. uh, without further ado, um, let's hop into the album and we can talk about this, the rest as, as we get into it. This is uh, the first song, Watch Yourself. Pretty girl, you know it's a dirty shame You let these homie girls 
So right off the bat, you could you could see he's kind of uh, that guitar solo is kind of just muffed. Like yeah. the guitar solo is, is completely like we're starting off on this what I just said. Eric Clapton called him the greatest guitarist of all time, and then on the first guitar solo on the song, just completely muffs it. It's a terrible guitar solo. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely not. This there's a definitely a lot of good um, instances where you, I was like, holy shit! Like I, I'm not a big guitar solo guy, but definitely there's a lot of times that impressed me. Yeah, this is not the one. That's yeah. gonna do that. Yeah, a good when, song though, a good opener, a good opener to this compilation. Like if it, it, like it's lively, it's fun, it's definitely it's got those like big bombastic horns, like yeah, like it's it's fun. Right, right. It's definitely it's definitely a fun song. You can see why they picked it as the opener. Yeah, because because it's not it's not a very exciting song in terms of what he's talking about. Right. It's not a very exciting song in terms of like musical novelty or or pure rhythm, yeah. but like it's a yep. it, it, it's a fun song. It's it, you could dance to this song seven days a week. I do have a question for you. What you got? Homely girls. Is that thick girls? Is he talking yeah. about thick girls? No, you know actually I don't know and I didn't look this up. Ah, you know, I, I was says, curious about it too, and I. But that's what he's saying, up. though, right? It's homely girls. He's talking about homely girls, which that's, I feel like that's what I was picking up as well. Sure, it's pretty sure it's thick girls. Please homely don't girls. Us. Oh my gosh! Well, like, I'm, okay, I was thinking, I, I didn't have an idea because I also got homely or, or like homie. I was like, what the, what the what the fuck does that even mean? Because I definitely think of homely as like. Uh, girls that like stay at home. They're like the girls that don't go out very much. Like so, they're, like the not uh, the not hot girls. Oh no, so no. Then, this is so. This is actually okay. I'm on Urban Dictionary here. A homely homely person is neither attractive, not attractive, or good looking. Uh, homely, like comfortable. So homely. that's so I actually love that so this is about hot girls watch out these like not attractive nor unattractive yeah, women yeah, yeah, you're gonna steal your man this, he's saying he's saying uh, you're okay. so you are so hot but you better watch out because ugly girls can make a man change his mind but not second. ugly not ugly not neither attractive nor unattractive Paul I'm not gonna lie he's got some great lyrics like some there's really the one song in particular which we'll get to get to later where like I like his view of women. Like for sixties man, this guy fucking gets it. He's like, <laughs> he's, he seems like a cool guy. He's like not a piece of shit at all. No, no, he's a little bit of a lover boy. He's a yeah. little bit of a lover boy. He's a lover boy, and not and not in the way that the sixties like I'm so cool. You want to love me? It's more like I think you're cool. Can I love you? Which is like I think for that time it actually seems really rare. But again, I don't know blues music that well, so I don't know where that. Uh, that line falls. In terms I, I don't of know music, either. But I don't know. I'm either, like, but, but I'm what, on board what, with Buddy Guy. What I do <laughs> know is he's, he's, th- this album and and this song and all of this is so bombastic and raw. Like it's very uh, not pop, but like it's just heartfelt. Like, yeah, it, it's very pure to the heart. This mm-hmm. this this whole straightforward. All of, all of these songs are. You know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, and, and he's not, he's not like shaping it or whatever. It's just, it's just straight, straight buddy guy as he is, you know, to bring up a Bill Withers reference. Um, it's kind of, kind of what you get. It's kind of what you get here. So, okay. Uh, Babo Riley scale. This is the, the we, for every intro song we, and, and we talked about this before the comp we're, we're going to do compilations, but Babo Riley scale, Jay, what do you, what do you think? 
uh, with this song as, as an introduction to the compilation. And of course, like I said, it's not fair because it's not an album. It's not crafted to be an intro. But Right. But people did put it in an order. And like you said, like they, they thought right? about it. And I think this is a great intro. Like as far as like what we're getting here, I think this is really good. I think it services what the album is. I think if you listen to that, you're probably definitely going to like the rest of it. It's lively. It, it, it makes you want to continue listening to it. Right, I particularly love the horns and the, 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 horns the life so that it good. gives to it. It's not getting into the downers of the blues that comes later. Like I think this this compilation is really sequenced really 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 well. Like and really um, a lot of thought into it. Um, I'm gonna give it a four, four out of five. Wow, that's 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 knowing knowing it's a compilation four out of five because you can't tie in themes and stuff like you can kind of tie in themes no yeah it's a four knowing it's a compilation i just think that they i I, i'm really impressed with the way they sequence this and i really like that they place this at the front so yeah no yeah i I stand behind that like it it it, it, if we're gonna look at what the rest of the tracks are i I don't know if i could find a better track one to be honest like it's a kind of it's good that it's kind of more of a throwaway track because it's so bombastic and that's just it is what it is that it kind of like propels you into the next one which is fucking seven minutes long which is absolutely hilarious because no other songs even reach that but yeah (laughs) that's true but you need some sort of liveliness to get you into that so yeah yeah you know that's that's an interesting take that that is a good take it's a good take i i like that take and I'll, i'll roll with it let's do it Four stars, four stars on the bad boy Riley scale from Buddy Guy. Fine. All right, sweet. So let's let's roll the next song. Stone Crazy. let's 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 keep it on low for a little bit there's a there's a massive guitar solo coming but there's so much guitar weaved in through this this really really remarkable song this is yeah this is this is the song where you're like oh this is a master he's literally like using the guitar to convey his emotions that's like this is a fucking key of this song it's like he's singing but the guitar is also singing it's like it's a fucking duet where they're bouncing back and forth Yes, yeah, I think that's. I think that that defines Buddy Guy's style. Mm-hmm. I also have a great drum part coming up, actually. Because, <laughs> hold on, let's 
Yeah, yeah, pop it back in. Tears rolling all around my eyes. Yes, I says I sit right here, right here in my dark room. Tears rolling all down from my eyes. Y'all should know my little girl looked at me and said. Fucking drums that it's, loose. It's it's rolling. almost like, it's almost like the whole band is soloing with each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and like it, the most the freewheeling. So They're so good. Yeah. I, I, I want to mention something about because because the the piano. The, okay, the, the, it's the same instruments on this whole album. You got the drums, you got the piano, you got the horns, you got the guitar, you got Buddy Guy, and you got a bassist. And the bassist is probably a stand-up bass because it's so thick. It had to be. And they, the, they rev, they riff off each other perfectly. So I want to add in this. Buddy Guy was a session musician with Chess for like three years before he was actually a single, a solo artist. Mm. So he probably has been playing with all these people for a, for a long period of time. And also, I think it's the horn, one of the horn players of the pianist I, is, is also a really famous guy. So, you know, there's... Like it has a name for himself. I can't remember what his name is, so that's terrible. But um, basically, they play off each other so well, and that this is so. This is a single take. It's a really? single take. I mean, this is recorded in I 1960. Mean, I, it could not be single yeah. take. Yeah. And, and so this is at the beginning of the episode, or I, I, this is what this, I, I mentioned to, to Jay before we started this episode. I'm, we're going to come back to 1945 at some point in this episode and i was like bet you didn't expect that Mag- magnetic tape recording started being used in the music industry after world war ii 1945 mm-hmm. so like 1950 so 1953 1954 is the first time people started like cutting together the tape to like where people could like do self-harmonies virtually you don't have to do it all in one room right so this could have been multiple takes it could have been cut together but it seems to me that this was all recorded in one room at one time mm-hmm it just it's it's almost it's 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 like improv it's like yeah you can improv you can really especially i want to go back to this drum part really quick it, it do it, do it, it. literally there i just i can't imagine someone playing like that and not being like being with other people and seeing what's going on it's like Playing offbeat, it's so jazzy. It's so like feeling the moment propulsing itself into the next bar where I just, I can't imagine someone playing like that by themselves. Like I just, I, that's such, and and that's why I love playing the drums. 
is because you want to play the drums to be in the room with the other people is to feel the moment, to drive the moment and to let it like feed back into you. And like, that's all that I feel in the song. And so me and Paul were talking about before this, neither of us knew until, well, I didn't know until tonight. I think Paul, you said you didn't know until recently that this is a seven minute long song. I've listened to this like a bunch of times. I have no idea this is seven minutes because it just goes like this song, the whole, I'm so blown away by that fact because this song is great. It, I, yeah, I enjoyed it, it all the way it's through. It's the shortest seven-minute song I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> like you, even like, Cashmere. You, you don't even notice that it's going on that long. <laughs> at, at all. Like, and, and, and the, the crazy part yeah. is they he repeats the same verses four times, four times in a row. Is that what he the is same it? verse four times in a row. It should, <laughs> it should seem really, really old by the end of it. Yeah. And, and it, it doesn't does because the every time they start at it differently, he comes at it from a different angle with more depth. Mm-hmm. And the best part is he goes before a solo, he goes, what do you say? All right, fuck it now. He says, all right, like what, why the hell? Oh, what the hell now? That's what he says. Oh, this God. is like, whatever. We're just going to fucking rip this thing. Yeah. Okay. So this, okay. You mentioned something about the drums, like coming and going, like compulsing with the kind of the flow of the song and the, mm-hmm. the flow of the song coming big, being a big roller coaster. The, one of my huge takeaways from listening to this was how much chaos is is in the blues but how much that chaos is celebrated mm-hmm. like it's it is it, it really it, if if you just like if if i'm just hearing this for the first time i get this gist of this tornado in a room of just this this world's person person's world is falling apart okay let's talk about what this Paul, song- how do you not like the last of this this is where i'm like you can't talk about that and to have this hate poison idea so much because it's the same thing with opposite inputs. So it's like, it's the same end goal with different ways to get there, which is, that's why I like it is for the same reasons you said, it's just different modes to get there, which I find incredibly interesting. You know, I think it's part of it is I just didn't, I just didn't get, I just didn't get to that point of appreciating poison idea. And I just, I just didn't get there. Um, I I couldn't catch on to it. (laughs) And, and I'm not saying I can't ever, I'm just saying I did not. So I would just, I would attribute to a failure on my part at the end of the day. You know, <laughs> I, I, I see, I see what you're saying. They feed off, they, they're, they're illustrating the chaos of, of, of their life and, and they're, they're, they're treasuring it. And that's what makes it beautiful. And I didn't, yeah, I just didn't, I just didn't pick up on it. Okay. Let's talk about stone crazy as a song real quick. I, I, you know, I don't want to stay on the song forever, but it is a seven minute long song. It's also the hit off the album really. Um, it's it it's it's, it's another song about you you uh, a, just a I think it's about a crazy woman. Honestly, I don't really know. So let's let's just go to the next song. <laughs> I, I I started getting into like what's the song he's about. He wants to go back down south. He's had he's kind of had these city blues. He found this this woman who's who's saying if you're not crazy right now, you're about to lose your mind. Kind of type of deal. And man, that's the big city. Uh, they're playing music over my speech, but. Uh, I'm just going to keep talking. <laughs> this is I Found a True Love. I said I found a true love. Man, and it's good to me. Yes, and what I'm going to do with it. I want the whole wide world to stop still and they will see. You know the women don't like her 
she'll speak of mine I'll say the women don't like her uh-huh. Cause this little girl, she'll speak of mine This is a song that I was thinking of where it's like, yeah, women don't like her because she is not afraid to speak her mind. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like what? I don't, I don't know other songs during this time that's speaking about a woman in that way at all. Certainly Frankie Valley wasn't doing it. No, certainly. It's like straight up like he's he, he likes well, her the best he's way not to, afraid. The best way so to, cool. the best way to frame that is this. This came out a couple of years before the Beatles came out. Right. So if you look at the way the Beatles were talking about, you know, talking about women, uh, they definitely weren't doing that. Oh, she's, no. I like her. I, I'm in love with her because she's a strong woman. No, that's certainly not the case. Yeah. No, exactly. Really, that, that theme didn't even come up for no. decades. That's what I'm saying. I was until like the, so the late baffled. 70s. Yeah, I was baffled. And even it was rare then. Because then you get women singing about how they're strong, but... Very rarely we hear men sing about how they like them because they're so strong. That's right. like why I was like, hell yeah, wait, this guy is like really cool. This, like, so this this song reminds me of an Ella, musically reminds me of an Ella Fitzgerald song. It's much more of a jazz song. Right. Okay. It's it's together. It's harmonious. It's not it's not broken like much of the other songs on this album. Yeah. So I maybe that's a good point because to bring this up because. I don't. I had a very conflicted listening to this album because in the past few years, I think I've really realized. Okay, so I used to hate jazz, and then in the past few years, I started watching people play jazz more live, and it's made me be like, okay, maybe jazz is actually kind of cool and like fun to watch. And I feel like my understanding is modern music a lot of times derives itself from either or jazz or a combination of both, but a lot of times, like they are pretty much like the lines to get to any kind of modern music and listening to this album i think i've kind of like landed on i think i'm on more of the jazz side like i think i'm definitely gonna land on oh, this yeah. more side i could have told you that well yeah well i just i didn't i don't think i really i don't think i really listened to a lot of blues that much but like definitely listen to this i'm like okay yeah i think i get what jazz is doing way more than i'm ever gonna get what blues is doing mm. i'm the opposite i'm all i'm 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 mostly blues which is awesome. I love that. <laughs> so like, yeah, like you identify yourself with like, cause I guess it's, it's, it's the lyricism. A lot of it comes down to lyricism is what I feel like it is. And a lot of the guitar. Blues is a lot more raw emotional expression. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm like so fucking down for. I'm down for no lyrics, pure emotion, making oh, the music. Oh, definitely lyrics. Yeah, very, I mean, blues definitely, well, blue. I mean, I mean, I, do I really have to go? I don't have to go back into the origin of blues, but I mean, blues originated from basically post-slaves being yeah, right. absolutely fucking miserable. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And this is the this is but this is how they make up for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so, I mean. Well, like, at know. what point does the blues do, like change into jazz, or like, at what point, like, when does that happen? That's what I don't know. I don't, I don't think know, you but know let's, let's let's continue into the next song, which is called "First Time I Met the Blues," and we can go from there. That's 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 good, Paul. I wish I would have phased it out more, but that was good. Yeah, that's good. The first time I met the blues. 
This song I have so much to say about. This song is, is to me, first of all, you're, I mean, we're talking about blues and jazz. Blues is about being alone most of the time. So uh, th- this is, when you're talking about walking through the woods in every novel, every story ever, you're talking about getting in touch with a deeper part of yourself. And that's what the blues is. That's, that's what the blues is all about. But more importantly, this song, viscerally, it so perfectly describes the blues because when you listen to it, you think of like Davy Jones' locker, him with a giant organ in a dark room, crying, sobbing, because like this is the at the heart of it. And I think I think it's brilliant. This this is this is to me is the most monumental song on the album, and 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 possibly probably the most monumental blues song I've ever heard. Just astoundingly well done. The singing. The guitar make me want to cry. It, it is just it, this to me when I was talking about the tornado. This is that. It's a man being being alone in a room with a tornado of emotions happening around him. Do you think that the the amount of production that goes into this song pulls away from that dramatic weight? Because that song does not make me want to cry. I mean, like I definitely feel emotion. Like, I feel like there's like a lot, but maybe it's like, because it's not as sparse, it actually deflates the amount of impact that it maybe is intending. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, you got like the horns and it feels really bombastic. And it, it feels more like a play. It, yeah. And that doesn't make me feel sad at all. It definitely makes me feel more like, oh, I guess he's sad, but I definitely don't feel the sadness. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, to me, it doesn't because the horns actually, the horns and the piano add the add a lot of, um, and I don't want to say nuance, but they just kind of like, they illustrate the, the what the sadness is so much better to me. Like the horns go, no, I definitely feel it. I love the instrumentation on that song. I love how I love how filled out it is. But now that you're talking about it, it's like, like the more you talk about it, the more I'm like, huh, that's interesting because I don't. It doesn't make me feel sad at all. It makes me feel more interested and invested in the song. I mean, I guess, I guess in that way, it does succeed because yeah, it does make it more like a play where like I'm more involved in what's happening, but it doesn't make me feel sad personally. Which is interesting. I don't. I don't know. I think it could. It, to me, it, it's just like. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, different different sad songs resonate with different people. So I think yeah. there's, there's that. You know, like it's a personal I'm, taste. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be crying to. Uh, you know, uh, like 
I don't know, Rihanna anytime soon. That's a, that's a bad example. <laughs> but like, um, well, I think of like Sufjan, like Sufjan Stevens. He has that for the widows in paradise. And I'm like, if I think of a song to cry to, that's the song that I think of. Right. Just cause like right. that, like just emptiness in the banjo and him just like doing a whisper singing. Like that's what, but, but maybe that's just me. Yeah. Like maybe it's totally, that's what I think of when I think of crying and maybe other people, this is what they think of, think of crying. So. Which case yeah. To me, to me, this just speaks super deep to to just like a, a person who's completely falling apart. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, but then it's funny because like it's a person falling apart, and I feel like that's like a very solitary experience. But then to have eight people backing you up on that makes it feel so less alone. <laughs> that's yeah, my point. Yeah, that's what you were trying to. That's what you're saying with like the the extra instrumentation. It's, it, to, so to, less alone. To, for me, the for me the extra instrumentation is what provides the chaos. It, mm-hmm. It's it's what provides the the it's what provides like the tornado. I mean, otherwise you yes you get the sadness, but you don't get the actual surroundings. Mm-hmm. Like like to me, it's like it's not just the person crying in their room; it's the person crying in their room, but the whole room feels like it's crying too. Uh, the whole room is all like the, the whole room is blue. You know, the whole the yeah. whole tornado is tearing apart the room. Very and that's good. that's that's kind of that's what that's doing for me. That that's actually what made it hit me was the was not the singing. It was the first thing that got me was the horns and piano. That's what wrote me into understanding that. And then and then I was like, oh shit, that's really sad. That's cool. I love I love that description of it, Paul. I think you I think you did a really good job of nailing that. Nice. I'll put that on Instagram. <laughs> this is uh let me love you, baby. The song was there's the one that stuck in my head after listening to the album. Thank yeah, that's so funny. I had the same thing. I was like, I, I literally have in my notes like after six listens in, I realized I think this might be the hit off of it. What, what, <laughs> do, do you know? Uh, do you know when the the sound wall of sound hit this? Uh, Phil Spector hit this. Hit this up. Hit this up. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me do. Well, I can't. Uh, I can't change my screen because it's going to take away the recording. Hold on. No, no, no. I'm talking about hitting, hitting the volume up. Oh, hit the volume. Oh, sorry, sorry. Kick, kick it back about 25 seconds.
He kind of goes like a little crazy on this song. Yeah, he's a little, <laughs> little out there, definitely. <laughs> he got a little bit crazy. Uh, God, I, I, I lost, I lost where we were at there. Um, you said about the record. I'm sorry, the uh, the Wall of Sound. Oh yeah, when did that hit? Was in the '60s. Was in the '60s. It's this, the Beatles that like. This sounds just Disney. like a Beatles song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like early an early Beatles, Beatles sound. Yeah, which is this this probably came out right I mean this could have come out in 63 64 so it probably is. I mean everybody says the Beatles stole from the blues and and basically American American blues so I would say stuff like this is very much instrumental to early early Beatles. Ooh, the sum of their efforts was named Phil Spector's Wall of Sound by Andrew Oh, sorry. Logue Oldham, who coined the term with an advertisement for the Righteous Brothers 1964 single, You've Lost That Love and Feeling. I don't know who that is or what that song is. 64. So, yeah. So, basically. Right, the, literally right around this time. Right. This, I, I guess I'm just saying this basically sounds like every Wall of Sound song and it sounds like every early Beatles song. Yeah, which makes it sound like a pop song, which makes it be like when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, this is definitely a pop song in the 60s. Like, this that's- is the pop song in the 60s. I could hear this in a movie. That would be fine. I'm yep. sure this did well. It's nice, but uh, uh, all all I could think of is if a slight change on the hook, and then you add some female vocal backing to it, and mm-hmm. you got yourself a, a serious early '60s hit. Yeah. But anyway, there's not too much more to say to, about this song, right? You got anything else in there? No, I don't. Let's go. Let's go to the next song. No lie. I know you're getting sick and tired of me, baby. This that I can plainly see, but deep from the bottom of my heart, baby, I know. Just as sure, sure you were born to die. But baby, I love you, and you know that's no lie. I'd rather fight a bear, baby, jump down in a lounge then, and you hear you keep on telling me, baby. This is the end, but just a sure, baby. Sure, you were born to die. But baby, I love you. And you know that's no lie. All right. Have mercy, baby. No, it's kind of it's kind of funny songs like this. I, I don't know when it came out, but thinking about how much was happening from 1956 to 1964 with guitar specifically with Chuck Berry, that how revolutionary this this guitar sound was. Well, well, wait, what do you mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Before we're doing like the skiffle and like the and like the the, the particular noodling. Because I, I hear a lot of noodling in this. That's what I think of when I think of this kind of playing. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, I don't think like, that that was happening really. Like, I mean, it's not happening in classical music, like violin solos. Quote, yeah, and if you if you go back to early blues, there was there was there was long stuff like, ding, ding. but nothing short like this. Nothing short and noodly. Mm-hmm. 
So, but to, but I guess what I'm trying to say is this is so boring to us right now. I, to, to me, this is a really boring song. It's it's a song like it's a really it's a really like been done a thousand times song now, which is like you yep. treat me like mm-hmm. shit, but I love you anyway. And also, mm-hmm. the guitar licks are pretty. That, that's kind of what I think about this song. What what, what are yep. you? What, what's your takeaway from this one? That's my takeaway from this. It's the same thing. It's like yeah, this is like the this. A blue song. This is a blue song. When I think of the blues, right. this is what I think of. It's not doing anything necessarily new. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, like uh, different ways, but like this is definitely one of those like filler. Like, yeah, that is what the blues is, which right. is and, kind of like a bummer, but needs but, to exist to create that sort of what it yeah, is. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, this is the Chess Records collection, and Chess Records was for the people driving all the mainstream stuff. So you're at the heart of what that what was defining that that movement. Mm-hmm. Right. So and, and Buddy Guy is the the guy to to define that move to define that movement along so, with Buddy yeah. Waters. So it makes sense that like there's not every song's gonna be this like whirlwind thing that's gonna right. change the whole sound. Instead, it's gonna bolster what the already preconceived yeah. notions of what a blues song is. And so that's what that song was. Yeah, exactly. And and it's yeah, exactly. When we think of like what 60s blues is, that 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 is a perfect fit. Uh, it fills a song out. And the piano is sick, though. The I love the, t- the tone of the piano. Here's I Got a Strange Feeling. When I love I go to jump in. Ooh, I don't know which way to go. Jumping and my flesh begin to crawl because I know it's some other mule, it's kicking in my stall. I got a strange, strange feeling. Ooh, I never felt like this before. Feel differently about this song. Yep. Hit me. I um uh, my thoughts on this song are basically like I feel like I've said this in multiple episodes. I can't I don't know if I've actually said it or if I just had notes about it where I feel like we've had like one spooky song, not per album, but at least every few albums. Yeah. You know, like I, we, we needed to start like a playlist of all these fucking spooky songs. Because this is a spooky song. And it's I, I feel like a it's spooky song, and it's adding to this weird theme that has come up way too many times in too many albums that we've done. Because, yeah, this is spooky, and I love it. I love it for that. Like, it definitely sets itself apart. This is like that weird, swampy, creepy, muddy feeling. I'm here for it. Right, right, right. It, definitely, and that that you could kind of coin that under Delta Blues. This is uh, this was this song was written by uh, what was his name, Willie. The famous guy that came right before him, Willie Dixon, really famous blues artist. And I think it's, I, I, I kind of got the idea that it might be about doing drugs. Hmm. Either way, it's super swampy. 
Yeah. And very Delta Blues. This is mm. this is Robert Johnson. And you get the harmonica, which is what you think yeah. when you think of Delta Blues. Definitely. This is this is what what this is true, true the origin of most blues is the misery blues. Hot, sweaty, shitty. He's also from so buddy guy's from Louisiana. He's not from Chicago. So this uh, is this is very true to him. He's from Delta. He's from Mississippi. He's from Louisiana, right by Mississippi. So hmm. maybe yeah. I can feel it because I mean that that song. There are some songs here where it kind of seems like he's playing into it a little bit. Not a lot, but like a couple oh, okay. But that song, yeah, feels very uh, right. I don't know. Some, something about it definitely feels right. like. Well, th- I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I feel drawn to that song. You, you feel like that's more true to him. It's kind maybe, of what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, something maybe, about maybe that. Maybe only rings. now that you're saying it, but something there's about something that about that song. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it every time through for some guttural feeling. I mean, I I love the harmonica. I mean, the harmonica is, is not on any other song in this album. And well, this is the Delta Blues song. It's it's like if you if you think about you know uh, what's uh, what was the the rapper's name uh, that, that we first did, uh, Lil. The, YBN Corday. Thank you, YBN Corday. My Jesus, God, pause your pick. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, when you think of a YBN Corday, he's like ripping into different genres of rap. Like this is Buddy Guy's gotten to different genres of blues, blues here. He's, and these are and these are all singles. So there's there's a very much a reason for that. He's yeah. got a Delta Blues single. He's got a pop single. He's got these messy Buddy Guys. Buddy Guy basically, you know, original stuff like first time I met the blues. But yeah, this, this is the Delta, that Delta Blues version and uh, definitely the stinky song on the album. So <laughs> let's get into the next one. Let's go uh, My Time After A While. It's your time now, baby. Your time right now, baby. Lord, but it's gonna be mine after a while. You know, you know, if thing no change. She's going back out again. I saw just wait one minute. Just before you go. She didn't even look at me. She just turned and walked out the door. It's your time, it's your time, it's your time right now. Hold off for a bit because that's I love his scream so much when he really like, ah! yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely kind of his that's his wheelhouse. 
You know, I, I, I feel I feel stupid now because I, I don't know how many of these songs were actually written by Buddy Guy, and I didn't even look it up. This song is not written by Buddy Guy, so this is essentially the same thing as the Ella Fitzgerald situation. So. Oh my God! No one writes any songs anymore. Paul, that's it, though. We can't make fun of any pop stars anymore, forever. That's it. We can never make yeah, fun of even, pop even, even origin 1960s blues players. Okay, Buddy Guy did write Stone Crazy. Oh hell yeah! All right, well that's all you need. But still, that's. Really but I think I think yeah yeah isn't that it's, it's it's I think it's blowing our mind a little bit. It's it's kind of blowing my mind because it's it's like uh, today you don't get that that many covers like this. It's not. It's just doesn't happen. No, he did, yeah, he did not crazy. write the first time I met the blues. So that was just his cover of it. Okay. Uriel Montgomery. Yeah, so this is like it's kind of this is this is actually new to us because it's only a half cover album. We're half. moving forward towards originals. Eventually, we'll get there. What's that? <laughs> so we're moving forward toward originals. One day we'll. Get yeah, there. yeah, yeah. We'll get there. This is what we're we're yeah we're aspiring to. No. Um, <laughs> but so this this song it, it, it makes sense though. I mean, Stone Crazy is like an it's just an insane song. Um, it's the well, it's the same verse written over again, but. His vocal performance is pretty consistent through all of the songs, though, and the his vocal performance on this song is is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, and the songwriting again is a little bit boring, kind of like No Life, where it's very templated. Like it's kind of like the same thing. It's like it's your time right now, and then he goes over different reasons it's her time, and then goes back to well, it's going to be my time after a while. Yeah, which it comes back to the blues, you know, it's just a person down on their luck. Yeah. But good, good call about the about the vocal screams in this one. I think that that might be the what makes this one stand out, really. Yeah, like, for me, that's that, what it was. I, I ah! kind of, exactly, exactly. It's good. Yeah. it's good. I love it when singers do that. I love it when they fucking you can feel it. You can yep. feel them. Ah, I love screaming. Yeah, especially Stafford in songs always. Especially when you know it's single take because they're just they'll never do it like that again exactly that's yeah that's where that that it's that that's gonna set it apart like that's what makes it so special right it's a good point where it's like they're not gonna scream like they could scream other times but it's never gonna sound exactly like that you right. can sing a million times they'll sound exactly the same but and and it's all about scream. and they're recording with passion they're not trying to hit the note really this is mm-hmm. all about of course they're hitting the note but this is all about just them feeling through this song and especially because he didn't write it similar to Ella Fitzgerald you're adopting it you're making your own and you're and you're putting it on the on the table. Which she did, but, and which I'm sure he did too. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. And and we're getting to the B sides here, and this is very much a beat. This is a classic B side song because it's very definitely. templated. It is there's not a lot of special stuff going on here. You don't get a lot of that same uh, buddy guy kind of guitar ad libbing in there, and very very templated. Uh, but let's 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 see about that. Let's get on to uh, ten years ago. Next song on the B side. Harmonica. Well, that's absolutely harmonica right there. 
you said that there wasn't any more harmonica. You've got the life I'm living now. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I, I thought so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just don't seem to be happy Good to me no more. This is another Delta Blues song. I think I think I might like the Delta Blues a lot because this is another song I definitely gravitated towards. Me too. And yeah. <laughs> Me too. This this song this song has a lot of space to it and it's like really understandable. Like you know what this song is. Yeah. Oh, and it's like kind of cool. Like this whole like I wish I would have done this. I like how specific the ten years ago is. Like if I could just, if I could have just gone back ten years ago, everything would have been different. If I could have just done right. it. And it's funny because the first time I listened to this. 10 years ago, I thought it was being nostalgic. Oh, I remember 10 years ago. I remember how good it was. And then I listened more and I was like, oh my God, he deeply regrets what he's done. Oh, God damn it. It's so the blues. <laughs> he's so sad about what he's done 10 years ago and he wish he could change it. Oh, that makes more sense. Now, in terms of placing I, in the blues. I'm seeing now that, uh, so first of all, coming back to the origin of, yes, that is, that is, that like, it's what makes the song. The, the the meaning of the song is is at the core of it. I think that comes back to like it's understandable. You like you kind of get you get the whole gist, but also like yeah, just the the poet the poetic you know the poetic nature of it is also really nice. Um, mm-hmm. to, co- coming back to this, uh, the I, I'm seeing that Led Zeppelin may have covered this song. Wait, okay, that's so funny because my take, another takeaway from this song was like, I hear so much Robert Plant in this song. Like right. I hear him taking directly, like, like the way yeah, he, he does, he does it. It's the exact same thing as Buddy Guy. The like, intonation, yeah, like his singing is so no, right I, there. I, I read, I read a review of this album that said that um, Buddy Guy was instrumental in in combining the blues into rock. Mm. Specifically, oh, yeah, that, because that I mean, he like, was the guy. We haven't talked about that at all, but yeah, well, I guess you talked about it with like this sounds like so much like a Beatles right. thing is like like this is early rock and roll. Like this is literally almost all of these songs are literally early rock and roll hits. Right? Yeah, they're they're all exactly like this. It's it's just sped up. That's that's the only difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so it wasn't ten years ago. Was not a cover of of Buddy Guy's song. It was okay, just okay. a different song called. Oh no, sorry, it's Ten Years Gone. Oh, I don't know it. So well, there I you know go. Well, but, but either way, either way, I mean, I when I heard this song for the first time, I thought of Dazed and Confused. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But totally, well. the, especially the vocal intonations. Yeah, hundred hundred percent, just straight ripped from here, and then used. Obviously, he's really good at it, but. <laughs> I mean, he does the voice really he does well. That I mean, that's his voice. But yeah, that's is how he sings. Yeah, he's really good at it, but for sure, but he he's would still not have. From here. Yeah, he definitely would have sung like that if it was for this guy. But at the same time, at the same time, buddy guy wouldn't have done it if he didn't hurt other people singing like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but this is this is this comes back to that discussion last episode. It's like, well, you know, no, no one's really an art. No one's really. Everyone's stealing from everybody. So anybody where you're like, oh, everybody. they stole it from there. It's like, well, yeah. So they stole it from somewhere else. So, you know, what? who cares? Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people just have problems with it being like a racial thing about them. Like, from yeah, appropriation of the blues. Being successful because, yeah, right, right, right. Right, like Elvis, Elvis hey. appropriating the blues. But that's, that's a that's, different conversation. It's a discussion like for another time. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll do a, get we'll to do Led Zeppelin. 
Exactly. Maybe, maybe, side by side them. episode. That would be interesting. That would be a really. We, in, we should have done that this episode. Yeah, do do no, a little side yeah, by side. No, 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 do no, no disrespect to Buddy Guy. We'll we'll do a different episode. We'll do a side by side comparison. That'll be really fun, actually. We should totally do that. That will, especially if we can pick out like four songs that that are that are like exactly four. like four specific instances and kind of like put them next to each other. Yes, totally. Yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna touch on uh, John Bonham's drumming in this album. Uh, but <laughs> maybe that one part can live up to like half of what John Bonham does on every single song. Dude, that guy's a fucking. <laughs> um, oh, but but great discussion on this one ten years ago. That's that's a solid song. Uh, let's get into uh, well, a truly a truly set another just absolutely brutal song, Broken Hearted Blues. Just the sing, the brutal, brutal intonation. Just the soul and the song. It's just mm-hmm. hard. It's it's like almost hard to listen to. Yeah. So I mean, it lives up to the name, Broken Heart and Blues. This is a pretty brutal song to listen to. <laughs> and he got he got that vocal screech in again, which uh, I definitely appreciate. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it, re- it really makes it. It really absolutely yeah, it makes, makes it. it. Yeah. This is this is another Willie Dixon song. I wish I had looked up the, the who wrote these beforehand. Yeah, so a lot of these are mostly covers. Um, wow. Yeah. We all wish you did, Paul. <laughs> Everybody wishes Us, I did. The listeners were all disappointed in you. I've let you all We down. could have been listening to a Willie Dixon album, goddammit. This, this is Just what you were hoping in. for. <laughs> nah, so yeah. there's, there's a place called the... There's a place called... Kingston Mines in Chicago where they still have like these 60 year old performers playing this music I mean they're 60 years old so you know even them, even for them it's outdated practice but they basically do this and so I think part of part of why I enjoy songs like this so much is because I'm able to kind of picture them I picture a person like that kind of being able Wait. to sing like this Yeah, would be just ridiculous it would just be ridiculous it would be the coolest thing you've ever seen I mean that's I was trying to explain my love, my newfound love of jazz music to Mia this week. And I was like, you know, I feel like I've seen it live enough that where now when I listen to it, I can see them playing and I can feel them playing to each other. And it makes the world of a difference when you listen to it. Like once you once you can see it and see them doing it and see them playing off each other, it makes yeah. it's like speaking a language. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the language of blues is sadness, and buddy, buddy, guy speaks it fluently. Yeah. And the language of jazz would be—I don't know what, but Miles Davis. Yeah, yeah, but what is what is what is the what is the uh, the uh, the 
you know, description of jazz. I'm still not, I'm not really sure. What do you mean the description of jazz? Uh, like I just said, the, the language of blues is sadness. What are, what are the what are jazz oh, what's the what, what's the? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like cheekiness a little bit. I don't know. It's jazz uh, is a lot more formal. Yeah, it's more witty, way more like fun and playful, but at the same time, more uh, yeah, it's not as sad, but it's definitely emotive. But I don't know if sadness is necessarily the. Yeah, very playful. That's for sure. That's jazz. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of times they're like, oh, look what I did with that. Well, speak, oh, speaking of, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the little clever, the little. I see what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like a little, little one-upsmanships on it, which that's why I, I love that shit. Oh, not, not even like one-upsmanships, but definitely being like, oh, shit, I saw where this is going, but they totally took it in a fucking left field that I did not see coming. That's yeah, the most fun. The kind it. of active creativity of it, Own, owning, yeah. the, owning, the, owning the audience perception. Yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. not that's definitely not really a point of blues at all. Uh, no, and no. and but there is there are a lot of aspects of blues, and one of them is fun, which is this. The next song is a perfect example of. So this is uh, one of definitely the attempts at a dance hit. Slop around. It's track eleven of twelve, so I don't think it did well. Something tells me. You think it's the name? Who wants to slop around with me? The definition of leftover cheese, moldy is, cheese. Yeah, moldy, disgusting. Like, yeah, bad. it wasn't good when they made it, and now it's really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, it didn't do well then, and now I, I just. I, I thought the whole time you were saying stomp around. Slop. If, you, if, if it was the Slop. stomp, if it was the stomp around, I think it would have done a lot better. Yeah, maybe that could have been the difference. Could have, it could have been the difference that, maker. We might still be stomping he, around today. Yeah, but instead he wants to give you something that pigs eat. He wants to slop, <laughs> slop it up. The fuck? He wants he wants the sloppy ladies. Why would you do that? Let me. I uh, hope let, he was. Ups- let's see if he wrote this one. I hope I hope he was upset when producers came to him like, "Yo, you got to do the song. You got to make a dance hit." The, I was thinking that was the, the that was the thing, thing then, which is so funny because that's the same thing now. Now you still got to do the dance thing, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, people people make new dance things all you know, dime a dozen. Yeah, and, and and it's just a matter Slop of like, around. Slop around. Yeah. Really Slop around. Slop around. Do the slap around. Yeah, it doesn't uh, doesn't really have much behind it. So okay. yeah, so that's a that's the hard miss of the of the album for sure. That was that, the definition that. of a miss when we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. I did want to mention so they they change up the guitar tone on that song and the, it'll it changes for the next song too. It's kind of like this surfy, surfy. Yeah, thing. yeah. yeah. with like Dick Dale or something like that. They were writing a trend. Right, so the next, right, this right. is the the ultimate the last song on the album. Uh, I got my eyes on you. Thank you. 
there's not much more about this song. Uh, this song kind of sucks. Um, could be worse. I uh, got his nose open for what does that even mean? There was a couple times when I was, or like towards the end of the week, when I was like, oh shit, I kept turning it off right before I slop around. Maybe that last song is good. And then I turned this on and I was like, nope, I'm missing nothing. No notes need to be made. I think yeah, the, we're getting... so, something about the horns is wrong in this song. Yeah. Like, it, it just doesn't sound right. And then this guitar soloing. Yeah. Like if, if you, you know how sometimes people say, oh, the guitar is my voice? Well, if that guitar is his voice, he's just going, nah. <laughs> 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 uh, not, yeah. not, not his best work. Not his best work. No. I, there is a major, major, major theme on this album, which is, and these are all his first singles. So th- these are obviously, I think there's a trend, first of all, that when they're trying to make an artist big, they, the records record labels at the time would, would make them cover already successful songs. That's one thing. First of all, second of all is uh, the studio influence on just how the songs were made. And and you can hear buddy guy come through on a few of the songs, like what he really wanted to do. But then that it, you, this album suffers just as much as the Ella Fitzgerald album does because it's a studio album. It's not a buddy guy album. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that, that that that's kind of my closing notes. And and Jay, I want to hear your closing notes, and then we'll talk about this last. Oh, actually, no. Let's first, first let's talk about this last song as far as a uh, as far as a naive melody. As far as a uh, this is, I I, forget, I get this wrong every single week. This is the place. This is the place. Yeah. This naive is the place is, scale. This must think? be the place. This must be. This the must place. be the place. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, like we said before, this is like a collection of songs that are singles and it's not necessarily an album produced by a person. Right. And this is really before albums were take like there this is like before albums were considered albums, you know what I mean? Like it's not well the Beatles song was, of, but by 1970 that that was kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, by 70 definitely there was like the thing of an album and then to today that's changed, but what we talk about when we talk about albums, this isn't necessarily the thing. And definitely when it comes to collection of singles. So um, we got to give them a lot of slack there, but at the same time, this isn't good. I don't like this song. It means nothing agreed, to me. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, it also sure. changes the entire, it's, it's completely different from different the, rest of the, for the rest of it. If you haven't, this fallen is a off one by, star. Yeah. It's a one star. This is, a this one is star. our first one star. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. I got my eyes on you. Hey, buddy guy, cool. Go, got my eyes on you. Go fuck buddy, yourself. Buddy guy is very high on my beer scale. Oh, on my, definitely. On my beerometer, I especially definitely. age twenty five through thirty. Get it, you know. Yeah. Get get over here, buddy guy. Also, we kind of we kind of have foregone the album cover conversation, but I know this is a re- I feel like we talk re- about it basically every, every time. But like we we talk about it every time. We okay, talk about all it every right. time. All right. Well then. Can we talk about how fucking sick this album cover is? <laughs> I love this album cover. Me too. Me the too. sheerness of the white of his guitar looks so good. And the very thin stenciling of the letters. I'm on board. I love it yeah, so it's very, much. It's very artsy. It's very almost like museum-esque, which is perfect for a compilation. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, and, and because it's black and white, 
the fact that it's black and white is kind of like this already happened type of deal is also mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So go ahead and look it up. I was walking through the woods. Take a look at that album cover. I I, I love it. I think it's so cool. I think it, I think it really shows you where you're listening to. It perfectly him sums wailing. up. Yeah. yeah. Him wailing, buddy guy wailing is the true description of this album. Should yeah. be the first thing that pops up when you type it in. I All right, like so Jay, it. you're closing. You're at closing good. thoughts. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, again, like I said before, like I'm, de- I, I, what this has really cemented in my brain is that I'm definitely going to go more jazz than blues. I'm going to go old shit. Like this, this really impact me emotionally. Um, I enjoy listening to it. It's easy to listen to. Um, early rock and roll. Gonna go through your beats, but I don't really feel anything while listening to it. Um, I don't know. It's not, it's not going to impact me for a long time or, or, or like over like a period of time. Like later on, this is in the end going to be pretty forgettable. Although I do feel more enriched uh, learning about it and, and knowing about it. I do appreciate the information you've given me, but on a personal level, it's not going to stay with me at all. Right. I, I, I totally see that. I totally see that. And I, I, I feel the same thing a lot of times when I listen to jazz, I'm like, this just, this isn't doing it for me. Yeah. Um, I, like I just went to a jazz lounge on Monday, the best jazz lounge in Chicago. It was it was packed on a Monday, and I was like, "This is this is cool," but I love the raw emotion of of the blues, where it's just completely unfiltered. Hit me hard with what you're feeling, put it all into one one juice type of deal. Um, the song "First Time I Met the Blues" for me, this cover of that song by Buddy Guy, is absolutely crazy, but. I feel like it's for me. It was it was uh, definitely my favorite song off the album, but I feel like the song that we have to pick is Stone Crazy. That's my that's my vote. What what do you think? Um. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, you, you even preface this with the uh, point that no, just every it right episode. Over it. Yeah, we have to pick an album. I'm sorry, a song off each album for our playlist, the album called playlist, which is on Spotify. To, to, to go on and yeah, so go up to it. Go go and, follow it on Spotify, the album crawl playlist. And um, uh, no, I'm completely on board. I think Stone Crazy is a great pick. I think it's seven minutes. I think it's full retard, but I feel like if we're going to do this, sorry, uh, which one two, is it full retard? But like, uh, yeah, I think Stone Crazy is 100% way to go. And I would never have thought that before listening to this, but once we got to that and once we talked about it, I just, I feel super confident in that. Me too. Me too. Absolutely. It's a, it's a killer song. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, so that closes it up. We're going to close the book on Walking Through the Woods. We have walked through the woods with Buddy Guy. So mm-hmm. now that that's done, Jay, hit us. What are we listening to for the next couple of weeks? What's on the next episode? <laughs> Jay, Jay said right before this episode, he's very excited about this. Oh, I was. And so I had a couple of things going through this, uh, trying to pick it. And so because we're listening to this, and because of the thoughts I said previously, there's 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 three intonations, three albums I thought I was going to go through. I'm going to give you the first wow. two, and we're going to end with the last one, which is what we're actually going to do, which is funny. But this, so the first thing was like, all right. So I was like, like I said before, I'm going to land way more in jazz than I am on blues. So I was like, all right, so then I do a mix, mix and match. And so what I was originally going to do, because it was 59, I was going to do, um, uh, I forgot, it's like Stay in Blue or or keep it cool or something it's definitely it, i don't remember exactly the name of it but it's miles davis's like milestone album oh hell yeah of cool of cool jazz which we're not gonna do but we should we're do do event- we are going to do it let me tell you i've listened to quite a bit of it it's like seven songs in 45 minutes 
You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is like, it's, Hell yeah. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be great yeah, once we epic. get it. So, I mean, Miles Davis is an epic storyteller with the saxophone. But we're not doing oh, it I yet. love this song. Boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It was calling me. Um, no, we're not going to do that yet, but we are going to do it. Uh, and then I was like, all right, instead of that, maybe we do what this has transformed into, which is what it did previously in the I'm Call. And I was thinking about doing Elephant by the White Stripes because they are new oh, age hell yeah. blues. But we're not going to do that. But we will do it eventually. Also awesome. But we're not on that. Instead, <laughs> I was like, all right, this week we weren't going to, we were going to do an album. Paul wasn't even going to be on the next episode because my friend Colby was going to be visiting. And so I didn't have anything picked like until the day before and he changed his flights. He's going to be on in December. So we had a little, I didn't have a lot of time. And I, and now this recording has gotten pushed back. So we have less time to even listen to it. And you know what? I thought listening, like I, I had listened to all of our playlists and I was like, you know what? I don't think me and Paul have really done like a gimme album. We haven't done, we like really push ourselves, especially with these last two. Like we haven't done just like a gimme album. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like only, the just, only thing close to a gimme album was the Peter Bjorn and John. And that wasn't even really. And that's, album. and Paul, you know what? That's just not doing it. So instead we're going to do, Torches yeah. by Cross of the People. <laughs> An album that I know me and Paul One both of my know. All time favorite albums. Yeah. <laughs> easily, easily in my top 10, probably at number 10 favorite albums of all time. I was really confident. I was like trying to think about it. I was like, this, okay, every single song on this album is fucking incredible. Is a, <laughs> yes. And I was listening to it again and I was like, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I stand behind this. I've gone through so, it like every year I go through it again because <laughs> it's that good. And it's, in, in 2011, when it came out, I was, in, I was a freshman in college and I was jamming it every day. Yeah. Every day. This is the way the whole, the whole, no. the whole, this came out when we were both. Oh, was that when you were a senior? I, then? I, I was remember, in a dorm. I remember both being in high school when this came out, when pumped up kicks was a hit. You, I met you in the fucking, you, you're probably line. right, but I was so still, you, I was still jamming it in college. You're still, well, yeah. You know, I'm talking about the six month period, whatever. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. that's hilarious. Either way, I knew that both of us like this. I knew you love this album. I love this album. I knew it would be a good one. So uh, I gave us a gimme, Paul. We got oh, a gimme on our There's hands. so much. There's so much. This is, could be a long episode. This could be a long episode. It could be. It could also I, be nothing I've episode. Also, I've also dug into these ep- these songs. You know, yep. like, I, I find a lot of meaning in these songs too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Woo! Mm. oh yeah, this will be an easy one. <laughs> uh, great idea too, because we're on a short time span. So it's like we, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yes, sweet, great. Episode number thirty-three will 30, be the next one. Thirty something. Oh, thirty-five. I don't even know. Either way, sweet, great pick. I'm, I'm glad that, you're excited. That, that closes it off. Um, AJ, any final thoughts? Um, well, thank you, anybody that's listening to this. I'm sure definitely no one's listening to this one. No one's going like, buddy guy, yeah, that guy. <laughs> We're going to listen to that. But if you have listened to it, especially if you've gotten this far, thank you so much, and I appreciate it. Please email us. Please follow us on Instagram at The Album Crawl, and uh, keep listening. We'll catch you next time. For now, this is Foster the People, Torches, the first song, Hell on a Beat.